you've been deployed for a while or if you've moved away and come back recently, welcome back. We are really glad to uh, have you participate with us in person or online. And, and we really just believe that connecting with Christ and connecting with Christ's church is how we grow in our faith. Uh, We hope you'll come this afternoon for our Welcome Back Bash. It's going to be rain or shine. If it's uh, nice out, we'll be out in this area, mostly out back. If it's uh, raining, we'll be in here in the gathering area and in the Sunday School Wing. And uh, it's going to be food, fun, fellowship, activities for children, youth, and adults. Um, But one of the really exciting things about the Welcome Back Bash is that most of our small group leaders or class leaders, um, a lot of the team leaders uh, in in ways to serve or get connected will be there at tables. We're having a dessert contest where you can go up and try a dessert and vote for the dessert you like, but also learn more about the places that you can connect and your family can connect uh, to grow deeper in your relationship with Christ throughout this semester. You know, belonging is really important. we were created to live in relationship, relationships with one another and relationship with God. And I just feel like in our generation, belonging has become really difficult for people. For me, Christ Church has always been a great place to belong. Even before I came here in 2003 as the associate pastor, I'd visited here several times. I'd become friends with Pastor John, and I'd always kind of felt this uh, affection for Christ Church. But when I came in 2003, um, it, it was almost instantly for me and my family uh, our, our, a place where we could call home. Um, before I came here in 2003, uh, a member of this church who was a realtor helped us find our, our first home, a little townhouse over in Lorton. Uh, when we showed up with our moving van, members of the church, some of you guys came out and helped us unload our van and move into our first house. Some members of this church gave us their used uh, uh, sofa and love seat because we moved from a church that had a parsonage that was fully furnished. This was the first uh, home that we owned and first time that we had to buy furniture. And, uh, and so we picked up some used furniture from some folks from this church. My son, Josiah, was born a month after we got here, July 28th. And, uh, and folks from the church made us meals and came over and supported us in that time. My two girls started Green Tree camps that summer and then Green Tree Preschool in the uh, fall of that year. And from then on, Christ Church just felt like our home, a, a place to belong, our family. All I hope is that this church is like that for you and your family, that whether you've been here for years, and I know a lot of folks have been here for years, it already feels like that, or whether this is your first time or first time in a long time, that this would be a place where you can belong. You know, people used to have really solid places in their life to belong. Families were uh, instruments that people felt like they could really belong. But so many people live far away from their extended family, and so many live in families that have broken up or are, are disconnected, that for many people, family no longer has that sense of, this is my family, you know. For a lot of us, our neighborhoods used to be a place to belong. I grew up in North Arlington, up near Chain Bridge. And uh, when I grew up, I grew up on the end of a dead-end street next to a park. I knew every person that lived on that street. 
been in all of their homes. They knew me. They knew my parents. If they didn't like something I was doing, they were telling my parents. If I didn't like something they were doing, I was telling my parents. Uh, we all, we were a community. In fact, we used to have this um, block party. We would block off the dead end street and uh, the block party would basically be in my driveway. And uh, we, we knew everybody. Well, in my neighborhood now, I've only been in one of the homes on our street in the past two years that I've been back. Uh, I bought the house there in 2005. So I've, I've been part of that community for 18 years. I lived there and then I moved away and then I came back. Um, but I don't know most of my neighbors' names. And even though Margaret and I have tried to reach out, it, it doesn't it honestly doesn't feel the same as it felt 20 years ago. Um, for a lot of us, our neighborhoods are like that. They're, it's more difficult to belong. Of course, most of us have a thousand friends online and almost nobody that we would call if we were in trouble. And, uh, and so oftentimes our friend groups are not what they used to be. And in back, you know, my grandparents' generation, everybody belonged to a club. You know, the Kiwanis, the Optimists, the Lions Club, the Ruitens, the uh, Rotary, the Elks Club. And, and, and people don't belong like they used to. That's certainly true of church as well. The fastest growing religious group in our society are the nuns, the people that say, I'm not affiliated, not associated with any faith or any church. Um, in fact, I think if you ask your average person on the street where they belong, they would probably say Costco or BJ's most likely. <laughs> that, that is the way that we kind of feel ourselves belonging. We pay for a service. We get a card. It says we're a member. Now we belong. But we really believe Christ Church can be a place where you can belong where your family can belong, where people can know your name, where people can know when you're in trouble, where people can reach out to you in need, where people can pray for you. And so I just believe that today could be a day where you take a step forward in that belonging here on Sunday morning, but also at our Welcome Back Bash this afternoon at four o'clock. You know, I, I'm convinced, and this is the main idea of the sermon today, if you've got your sermon notes, that discipleship starts with belonging. We don't always think about that, but in 30 years of full-time ministry, I've come to believe that discipleship starts with belonging. The discipleship looks like this. It, it tends to move from belong to believe to behave. I'm not real fond of that word behave. It kind of feels like what my dad would say to me when I was four years old. You know, you better behave. You go to, go to camp, you better behave. But, but behave, I'm, I dislike the alliteration, but by, by behave, I mean that outward transformation in our life. That most of us, our discipleship goes from belonging to a community, belonging to a small group, belonging to a fellowship, belonging to a church, belonging to a group of people that invest in us, to believing, to experiencing Jesus for ourselves, to having that new life that comes through faith in Christ. And then it goes to personal transformation. So often in church, we get this backwards. And so often in our own spiritual of life, we get this backwards. We think that it's believe. First, I got to believe like all these folks before I can belong. Or the first, I have to behave like all these folks. We go to a church and we think, I don't know if I look like these people, act like these people, vote like these people, think like these people. And, and, and we think, because this is the way that so many people perceive religion, that religion is about behave, believe, belong, or believe, behave, belong. But for 
most people, and I think it's biblical, biblical model of discipleship, belonging comes first. Discipleship starts with belonging. That's what we're going to look at today. I think it's really important for us as believers to know what this process looks like. I think it's really important for us as a church to know how we make disciples of Jesus Christ. And I I think that Jesus' model in the Gospels is the model of how to make disciples. Um, For myself, when I was in high school, um, I kind of, you know, strayed away from faith. I didn't know if I believed in God or anything, but I was invited to belong. And through that belonging, I came to faith. And, and so often I hear that from other people, that it was a Sunday school class, it was a small group, it was a college fellowship, it was, it was a, a community that gave us the space to ask questions, to explore faith, that prayed for us, that, that connected with us, that allowed us to grow into faith and then ultimately into transformation. So what we're going to look at today, Roman numeral one in your sermon notes, if you're following along, is the first step in discipleship. The first step in discipleship is belonging. The first step in discipleship is belonging. In Matthew chapter four, you see Jesus calling the very first disciples. And the thing you learn as you read through the gospel of Matthew is that it was years before those people believed in Jesus. It was even longer before they began to live like Jesus, but Jesus called them just as they were. Look at Matthew chapter 4, verse 18 through 22. It says this. Now, as Jesus was walking by the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon, who was called Peter, and Andrew, his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. He said to them, follow me, and I will make you fishers of men or of people. Immediately, they left their nets and followed him. Going on, From there, he saw two other brothers, James, the son of Zebedee, and John, his brother, in the boat with Zebedee, their father, mending their nets. He called them. Immediately, they left their boat and their father and followed him. It's kind of interesting. Jesus was a rabbi, was a teacher in that cultural context. He was calling Disciples, but he was calling disciples in a way that was very different from his fellow teachers, his fellow rabbis. In, in ancient Israel at this time, all boys would go through religious training as they prepared for their bar mitzvah and coming to age. And those that showed particular uh, uh, ability, gifts with faith, with spirituality, with the scriptures, would then, as they're coming to adulthood, be recruited by their rabbis to be their disciples. The, 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 the folks that were at the front of the class that looked like they had the most ability, they would become the disciples of that rabbi. Everybody else would go and to their parent, their father's vocation. If their dad was a fisherman, they'd become fishermen. If their dad was a farmer, they'd become farmers. If their dad was a carpenter, they'd become a carpenter. They, they would follow, if dad was a shepherd, they'd become a shepherd. They, they'd follow in their parents' vocation. This was normative in that culture. These four disciples, Jesus' first disciples, were people that obviously had been passed over 
to be anybody else's disciple. These weren't the folks that had demonstrated the greatest ability with scripture or the greatest spirituality. But when Jesus started his messianic movement, when he started his public ministry, when he went about as this rabbi teaching in Israel, he didn't look for the people that the typical rabbis look for. He looked for regular people, ordinary people, doing their vocation for guys who were fishermen. And he asked them to come and follow him. You realize at this point, and you'll see it as you read through the Gospel of Matthew, we'll just look at a couple of passages today. These people did not yet believe that Jesus was the Messiah. They didn't know really even who Jesus was very much. They, they saw him as a traveling rabbi who was inviting them to be part of this training process of growing to being a, a, a disciple and a teacher in Israel. They, they didn't believe in Jesus. And at this point, they didn't behave like Jesus. They were fishermen. Jesus said, hey, stop mending your nets, stop fishing your, on, on, on the sea, and come and follow me, and I will make you fishers of people. He invited them into this community. He invited them to belong. Belonging is the first step of discipleship. Now, that doesn't mean that Faith is an essential. Belief is essential to Christian discipleship. You are saved by grace through faith. This not of yourself is a gift of God. If you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus raised from the dead, you shall be saved. Faith is essential, but faith is usually not the first step in, in our discipleship. Behavior is essential. Personal holiness, sanctification is essential to our, to our discipleship. The scripture says in Hebrews that without holiness, we shall not see the Lord. And so the Lord wants to get a hold of our lives, both our inner lives and our outward lives, and transform us into the likeness of Christ. But that is not the first step in discipleship. The first step in discipleship is belonging. It's being part of community. It's connecting with Jesus and his church. It's, it's entering into that relationship of following. Why is this important? Because so often we, like I say, flip this around. We think, well, I can't go to that church. I don't believe like those folks. I, I, can't, I can't go to church. I don't look like those folks. I don't dress like those folks. I don't act like those folks. And we in church project that message to the world oftentimes. We communicate to the world, well, if you, don't, if you don't dress like us or vote like us or think like us on this topic, then this is not the place for you. If, if, you, don't, if you don't confess these doctrinal statements, these orthodox doctrines of this faith, church isn't for you. Church is for people that confess these truths. Of course, there is a truth to that, but it's twisting the whole discipleship journey upside down. And because of that, we push people away from Christ who Christ is inviting to be part of his family. And unfortunately, many of us at times in our life feel pushed away like I can't belong because we don't realize belonging is the first step. These guys were fishermen and Jesus said, hey, come and be my disciples. Well, I mean, they, they hadn't even been in this discipleship process with him. They had failed out and gone into fishing. And now Jesus says, I want you to belong. For, for most of us, just think about this. This was our discipleship journey. 
There was a Sunday school teacher who reached out to us and loved us and made us feel wanted at church. And, and, and we felt like if we missed Sunday school, she would notice and she would call us up and she would want us to be there. And it was that relationship that, that made us interested in Jesus and the stories that she was telling us. And then through that, we came to faith. Or there was a college fellowship that a girlfriend or a, a college roommate invited us to. And we didn't have any interest in that. We didn't know anything about it, but we went along and, and, and we found a community that welcomed us and encouraged us. Or we had a, a spouse, a husband and a wife who said, well, just, just come to the Welcome Back Bash. I, you know, there'll be a dessert contest, you know, you'll enjoy it. And we come to some event and we find some people that we connect with and, we, and over time we begin to believe. When I was in high school, like I say, I, I went through a period of life where I was questioning, doubting. I grew up in church. I went to Sunday school and church as a kid. Uh, but in high school, most of my friends were not Christian. Most of my friends were not uh, church people. Most of my friends were not believers. And uh, just, you know, like most, like many people, went through a period where I kind of backed off from church and didn't know if I believed in God, didn't know if I believed in Jesus. During that phase of my life, some family friends invited me to be part of this retreat weekend. There was a, a youth my age who we had gone to church, uh, the church before I was going to when we were kids, and we remained family friends. And they said, hey, our son is on this retreat weekend. He'd love to have you go with him. It was at the Methodist camp over in uh, Loudoun, and I'd been there many times. And so I said, yeah, great, I'd love to go. And uh, went on this weekend, not believing, not knowing this community, not knowing this group of people. Um, but they welcomed me and accepted me and made me feel like I was wanted there. I didn't believe like them. I Certainly didn't act like them. There were some weird people there. Uh, <laughs> but I felt loved by them. And I enjoyed being in their company. So much that when I came home from the weekend, some of those youth, I was a, it was the summer before my senior year of high school. It was between my junior and senior year of high school. Some of those youth were part of a small group that met way down here in Woodbridge in one of their homes in Lake Ridge. I, I lived up near Chain Bridge. Um, in Arlington. And I would drive every Sunday night all the way down here uh, to be part of the small group that met in this kid's home in uh, Lake Ridge because it was a community to belong. Again, I didn't believe yet. I didn't look or act like a lot of these kids, but, uh, but I was part of the group. I ended up serving on the next weekend that was like six months later. Again, I'm, I, I was a really shy kid. I wasn't you know, particularly expressive like some of these folks were in this group. Um, but I belonged. And it was through that experience of belonging that I came to experience Jesus, to have my heart strangely warmed, to experience a new life within me, that I saw the light and, and I encountered the Holy Spirit in this relationship with Jesus. And it started with belonging. And then from belonging to believing, and then over time, that type of community began to influence my life along with the Holy Spirit, and it began to transform the way I live. That, for most of us, that's our experience. 
And what I'm saying is that that's the biblical experience. That's the biblical model of discipleship. It starts with belonging. The second step in the biblical model of discipleship is believing. Peter and the other disciples, they belonged to Jesus, but it wasn't for more than two years later that they came to recognize who Jesus was and put their faith in him. You can see that in Matthew 16, 13 through 17. It says, Now when Jesus came into the district of Caesarea Philippi, he was asking his disciples, Who do people say the Son of Man is? That was Jesus' favorite name for himself. He called himself the Son of Man. And they said, Some say John the Baptist, and others Elijah, but still others Jeremiah or one of the prophets. And he said to them, But who do you say I am? Simon Peter answered, You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus said to him, Blessed are you, Simon Barjoni, because flesh and blood did not reveal this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. These disciples were with Jesus for at least two years. This, this incident where Jesus asked them, we're not exactly sure where this was in his uh, chronology of these three years of public ministry that Jesus had, but they were near the end. In Ma Matthew 21 is the triumphal entry in the last week of Jesus' life. And, and so they'd been with Jesus for at least two years. They'd watched Jesus heal the sick, set the oppressed free. They'd listened to Jesus preach his good news. They had even been sent out by Jesus into every town he was going to go to to prepare the way as he came into town to let people know. This is nearing the end of his public ministry. And Jesus has these great crowds that are coming to him and they're, they're pressing up against him. They want to see his miracles. They want to hear him preach. And so Jesus is asking the disciples to help him evaluate where these crowds are, right? How this movement of teaching and preaching and healing is going. He says to them, who do the people say I am? He's talking about the crowds of people that are following. Who do they get, get out among them and listen to them and find out where they are, what they're thinking? Who do they say I am? And they come back and they say, well, some people say that you are John the Baptist. John the Baptist was his cousin who had preached at the river, but then Herod beheaded him. He was like the last prophet of the Old Testament, even though he's in the New Testament. Maybe he's come back to life, or maybe his spirit is on you, or maybe you're kind of like John the Baptist part two. That's what some people are saying. Because, because you have these great crowds that are interested in you, just like the crowds were interested in John the Baptist. Some are saying you might be Elijah. Elijah was one of these two men in the Old Testament who did not die. He just went up to heaven in a you know, metaphorical picture of a fiery chariot. He, he didn't die. He just ascended. And so Jewish thought was he's coming back. And, and either he's the Messiah when he comes back or he's related to the Messiah. But one day he's going to show up again. We got we to gotta make space for him at the Passover because we don't know when he's coming. But Elijah's coming. And so some people said, well, this must be Elijah. Maybe a messianic figure. We don't know. But he's like the prophet of old who's coming to right Israel, you know, to fix us, to help us to get back to God. 
Some people said Jeremiah or one of the other prophets. So, so Jesus talking to his disciples, he's saying, who, who do they say I am? And then Jesus looks at the disciples and he says, well, I just want to see. I know, okay, now I know what the crowd out there is saying, but what do you guys think? The folks that are closest to me, the 12 folks that know me best, what, this is the first time they've been put on the spot to say, who do you think I am? And this is the first time that any of the disciples publicly profess faith in Jesus. Peter says, you are the Christ, the Messiah, the son of the living God. And Jesus says, whoa, you got it. It's interesting if you read Jesus' next line. He says, flesh and blood did not reveal that to you, but my Father in heaven. In other words, I didn't even tell you that. Nobody else told you that. That's something that God told you. And it shows you that Jesus' plan his progression of discipleship is not to pull out the book and say, here are our doctrinal creeds, read them, memorize them, and then you can be part of us. Jesus like, I didn't even teach you that. That's something that God taught you through this community, through watching Jesus heal the sick, set the oppressed free, to listening to Jesus' teaching. Peter, obviously the Holy Spirit, revealed to Peter this is him. This is the Messiah. This is the Christ. This is the Son of God. And so for us, that tends to be the progression of discipleship as well. It's the biblical model that we belong. We join a small group. We, we attend worship. We connect in an alpha class. We participate in the college fellowship group. We go through the Sunday school. And it, it's more than just... Here's, here's the truth, now believe it. It's that community. The, the, the Christian faith is more caught than taught. And we get in a community where we get caught, you know. The disciples, Jesus told them, you're going to be fishers of men, fishers of people. But we have to put ourselves in a position where we can be fished in, right, by the Holy Spirit, where we can be caught in his net. And, and, and that that. That environment is the belonging. The belonging leads to the believing. Let me just say this. As a pastor, I've talked to probably hundreds of people who tell me, you know, I grew up in church or I was a member of church for decades. I had a friend two churches ago who said, I served in every leadership capacity in this church. I was on the church council. I was on the finance committee. I was on the personnel committee. I'd been a lay leader for a while. But he said, I never even really knew Jesus. I didn't know that I didn't know Jesus, but I never really encountered this kind of faith. In fact, this guy told me, because I was so involved in church stuff, this was obviously a long time ago, Billy Graham came near by and was having a revival and some people on his team recruited me to be part of the prayer team to pray with people as they come forward at the Billy Graham event. And he said it was at that event that I experienced Jesus really for the first time in my life. And he'd been in church for decades. That's not a unique, it's kind of unique, but not a completely unique uh, experience. I've talked to hundreds of people who've had this kind of experience. I just encourage you, if you've not taken the Alpha course 
sign up and take the Alpha course because the Alpha course is one of these environments where it's easy to belong with your questions, with your doubts, with your background, with whatever you have. It's a community that will allow you to come in and ask those questions, hear those, the, the, those, those ideas, and support you. And it's an environment where I've heard over and over here at Christ Church, people say, well, it was the Alpha class. When I took the Alpha course, when I went on the retreat weekend, when I experienced this, that's, what, that's where I met Jesus. The second step in our discipleship journey is believing. Belonging, believing, and then number three, behaving. As you follow along in your sermon notes, the third step of discipleship is behaving. Let me read it for you, Matthew 9, 9 through 13. As Jesus went on from there, this is Jesus calling his, his last disciple, Matthew, the tax collector, who ended up writing this gospel. As Jesus went on from there, he saw a man called Matthew sitting at a tax collector's booth, and he said to him, follow me. Did I tell you? Jesus said, follow me 21 times in the Gospels. He only said, believe in me six times. You can see the priority. As he's doing his evangelistic work, following comes first. So he says to him, follow me. He got up and followed him. Then it happened that as Jesus was reclining at the table in his house, behold, many tax collectors and sinners came and were dining with Jesus and his disciples. When the Pharisees saw this, they said to his disciples, why is your teacher eating with tax collectors and sinners? But when Jesus heard this, he said, it is not those who are healthy who need a physician, but those who are sick. But go and learn what this means. And this is a quote from Hosea in the Old Testament. I desire compassion and not sacrifice. For I did not come to call the righteous, but sinners. Jesus, in this passage, invites the most unlikely disciple to come and be a follower, a disciple. There was nobody in the ancient world who would have perceived been perceived as the epitome of a sinner like a tax collector. They were viewed as traitors because they collected taxes for the Roman authorities who were occupying Israel. They were ritually unclean because they daily interacted with Gentiles. They were excluded from the synagogues and from the temple because of their ritual uncleanness. They were universally hated and everyone tried to avoid them as much as possible, but especially the religious leaders. The Pharisees would avoid tax collectors as much as humanly possible, right? They wouldn't let their kids play near their tax booths. They, they wouldn't uh, approach a tax collector. They would try to keep their distance. But Jesus, this traveling rabbi who's got these disciples, sees Matthew and literally goes up to him and says, hey, come and follow me. Nobody would have expected that, especially Matthew. But again, Matthew signs on. Decides he's going to follow Jesus, invites Jesus to his house, invites all of his other tax collectors and sinner friends. And the Pharisees are like, what in the world is happening? This is not the way rabbis are supposed to act. These teachers are supposed to call the best pupils from their Saturday school classes, right? Take them through a Saturday school when they're young. Look for the ones who keep the rules the best, who believe the scriptures the best, Put them into service. You don't, you don't go after fishermen, but you certainly don't go after 
tax collectors. What is going on with this? But Jesus knows that in the discipleship journey, typically behavior, outward transformation comes last. He sees this guy that he knows has the potential to be his disciple. He invites him to come and belong. And then think about Matthew's life. We don't know, but at some point in his life, he came to believe that Jesus was the Messiah. Then at some point in his life, at Pentecost, he's filled with the Holy Spirit, and then he writes the first gospel in the scriptures, the gospel of Matthew. He's the least likely person to do that, but he, he enters this discipleship journey with belonging. And the truth is, is that that's how all of us do. That's how everyone that comes to be a disciple this is, this is the process. We, we are invited in and we belong to the community first. And then through that experience, we come to believe and we become, come to act differently. And, and that transformation happens. And when other people see it, they want to belong and they connect. Jesus' discipleship community is like a family in that way. I have three kids some of you guys that were here, you know, 20 years ago when I was here, remember my kids when they were little. They're now 20, 22, and 23. Uh, they were in Green Tree when we were here before and uh, in the Sunday school classes. We called them Discovery back then, the kids' classes. Um, I'm blessed with having great kids, but I've also spent the last 10 years raising adolescents and anyone that's ever been an adolescent or raised an adolescent, adolescent knows what that's like. And so uh, there's been moments of struggle. There still are some moments of struggle. Uh, sometimes my kids don't act the way I'd have them ask, act. And when they were little, you know, I'd, we'd have a little timeout chair and we'd put them in timeout chair for a few minutes and then I'd go and talk to them about why I think they should act this way. And still today, we have conversations about this is the way I would do it. You, you see it this way. Would, they don't always believe the same ways that I believe. And we've been praying for them and just blessed to see them take steps in their discipleship journey. And the truth is, is obviously I'm a fallen person. And nowadays, they tell me to behave and to believe differently. And Sometimes they're right, you know. They'll hold me accountable too. But the point is, is that they're part of my family when they believe and when, they, excuse me, when they disbelieve. And they're part of my family when they behave and when they don't behave the way I'd have them behave. But I've just experienced that connecting in, in, in deep relationships, maintaining family devotions, praying for them, encouraging them, getting involved with where their lives are, that it's the belonging that leads to the believing and the behaving. That's certainly true in our spiritual life. It's the connection that leads to the inner transformation that leads to the outer transformation. It's why Jesus says, go and find out what it means. I desire compassion and not sacrifice. In other words, the first step is to experience God's grace. To, to, to know that compassion of the Lord. And then you go bring your sheep or your bird and offer it on the sacrifice. The other way doesn't work. The other way of go, go and bring the sacrifice and then you'll experience God's grace. It doesn't work. That, that's the way that the Pharisees are trying to do it. First behave and then eventually you'll belong. Well, it never works. It always works the opposite way. 
Because the church is like a family. The body of Christ is like a family. The family of God is a family. And, and so the, the point of all this is that we as a church want to be a place where people can belong in a significant way, like the Alpha Course, small groups, uh, children's youth opportunities, where they can then grow to believe and then grow into Christ's likeness. And if you're here and you're one of these folks that have not yet believed, we've all been there. 35 years, I was sitting there too. But it, I've just experienced that it is getting connected and belonging that's the most important step. So I would encourage you, come to the Welcome Back Bash this afternoon. Come on Wednesday to the dinner. Get involved in a class. Uh, we all go through this progression. Discipleship starts with belonging. And I want to help you get involved, connected, belong. I want this to be a church where you can belong. And so I'm going to pray for you and pray that might be the case. Lord God, thank you for your invitation to be part of your family. Even when we don't yet believe, even when we don't yet look or act like you, you invite us to come, to leave our nets, to leave our parents, to leave our vocation, to leave our sin, to leave our background, whatever it is, and to come and follow. And it's in that following that we come to experience this new life and this transformation you offer us. And so I pray, Lord, that you do that work in each of our lives. May this be a place where people come to know you, Lord. May this be a place where people can belong and experience your grace. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.